afternoon, Internet Land. I'm glad to have you guys back here listening to IBK Adulting with me, Abby Beezer. Um, I hope you guys enjoyed my last few episodes. I hope you guys enjoyed my little rabbit hole adventure about tires that I did for episode three. Um, yeah, welcome back to IDK Adulting, where we yet again cover a topic that we all wish we knew, but we somehow don't. Yeah, so here we go. Let's get into it. So some quick housekeeping. Uh, the semester here at BYU is coming up, is ending pretty fast. I have about, I think, three weeks. Yeah, three weeks, about until I am graduating. So, woohoo, I'm almost there. I've got a 15 to 20 page thesis paper to write in that time frame. So, I'll be getting pretty darn busy, but I'm going to still keep trying to do episodes. I might take a short break uh, post graduation, but I'm actually highly considering keeping this going even after graduation, after the undergrad podcast lab class ends. So as a part of that, I'm toying with the idea of doing a special finals episode where it's something a little bit different that kind of breaks our format. Not quite sure about that yet, but I'll keep you guys updated. Okay, so as far as the topic this week, some of you may have noticed that I took a poll over on the Twitter account about what to cover next. Uh, What you guys didn't know is that I also polled my peers in the undergrad podcast lab on our secret, super secret Slack channel. And uh, I did this because I want the content of this podcast to be what you guys want to learn about as much as possible. Like, it has to be like a combination of what you guys want to learn about, what I want to learn about, and also what I have the time to research. Because, as I said, I am handling a whole bunch of crazy things as I near the end of this semester. Um... Yeah, but anyway, the results of both of those polls, like the combined total, was, drumroll please, credit cards! And also I'm kind of grateful it was credit cards because, in hindsight, it was probably not the hardest out of all four of the options I put out there. But those other options will be done eventually, just not when I'm dealing with figuring out my graduate school schedule, figuring out funding for graduate school, dealing with my papers and everything else here at BYU. Yeah, I'll get there. So, credit cards. Um, I don't have a credit card. I've never had one. I understand the importance of having good credit, but I've never really understood why you need a credit card, because they seem very similar to debit cards, at least in how I understood them before I did all the research for this episode. And I've never understood them that well because my personal finance teacher in high school only taught us about stocks and bonds. And I can't even remember that because I was like, I will never use stocks and bonds because I'm going to be an English major and now I'm going to be a librarian. Okay, so quick overview of what we're going to talk about today. Our applicable question number one is, what's the difference between a debit and a credit card? Because the way I've heard some of my friends talk about their setup for their credit cards, it seems pretty similar to a debit card. And then our question number two is, what are the different types of credit cards? Because have you seen how many ads there are for credit cards everywhere? I mean, there's a bajillion different credit cards. Like, I, I swear, like, one in four commercials that I see on YouTube or on cable TV is about a credit card of some kind. And they all seem very different. 
So yeah. And then the basics. Well, the basics of credit cards, as simple as I can get it, is what I'm going to try to do in this. And that's going to be like, what's good credit? What's bad credit? How do you build good credit? What the heck is a credit score? And how does it work? Like, who, who creates the credit scores? Who is in charge of deciding whether or not you get a good loan? Answer, it's a lot more complicated than you think. Do-do-do! Applicable question number one. What's the difference between a debit and a credit card? Well, I did my research. I was wrong. I was wrong about my previous assumptions about what the difference was between a debit card and a credit card. Like, I kind of knew, but I didn't really know. So, a debit card takes money straight from your checking account to pay for things. It's money that you have because it's yours. You earned it by working. And a credit card, on the other hand, uses the credit card issuer's money to pay for things and then bills you later, often billing your checking account. So, some of my sources that I found said to think of it like a short-term loan of money from the credit card issuer. It's not your money, but the credit card company is letting you use their money to buy food or pay your cell phone bill on the condition that you're going to pay it back by a certain time, otherwise they will charge you interest on it and your credit score will go down and you'll be owing way more money than you were even charged for in the first place. A credit card is connected to a credit account, which is a borrowing tool and form of debt, and it's a form of revolving credit. This means that instead of borrowing all the money at once, like a loan, you borrow as you spend or borrow as needed within a certain limit. So actually, they're different, but it's not that hard to understand what a credit card actually does in detail. It's you're using someone else's money to pay for stuff on the condition that you pay it back within a certain amount of time. I know some people that still owe me money. I wish I could charge them interest. Okay, so question number two. What are the different types of credit cards? And so the source for this question specifically is from goodoldstudentloanhero.com from the taxes episode. And specifically, it's their How Do Credit Cards Work? 7 Things You Need to Know article. And of course, like always, I'll be putting the stuff up in the show notes on the Undergrad Podcast Lab blog. So first up are rewards credit cards. These provide rewards for people making purchases with their credit card. Uh, Rewards can be cash back on your purchases or are often points that can be used towards travel or other expensive things. I know some people, I know some adults, like, I mean like adultier adults, as in like my parents' generation, um, who have rewards credit cards for travel. And they use those points to like go to Hawaii and stuff. Yeah, anyhow. And then there are secured credit cards. These cards require a deposit of cash that is used as collateral against the credit card balance. Since they are secured by the deposit of money you gave the issuer, these are easier to qualify for. They can be a good option for those of us out there who want to rebuild credit because you kind of messed it up when you first got your first credit card. Um, This one sounds a lot like a debit card but it's still a credit card because you're saying, hey, credit card company, I would like a credit card. I know my credit score sucks, but here, have like this, like, I don't know, $1,500. And this is the only money that, this is my limit that I can spend or something. And they're fine with it because they have your money in hold in case you don't pay them back. Um, Then there are charge cards, and these require the users to repay their balances in full every month. So the minimum payment is always equal to the monthly charges on the card. And we'll get into like minimum payments and what exactly the balance is and all that type of stuff in a minute. But basically, these ones are probably the simplest. It's like, okay, you spent like 50 bucks this month with your credit card. At the end of the month, you need to pay them 50 bucks. Otherwise, it's going to be really bad for your credit score and for your wallet. 
And then there are retail cards. Um, these are issued by a retailer or store, not by a credit card company or a bank. So these are accounts with the store itself and require more research in order to understand how they work and like what the rates and stuff are on them because it varies on the store. Like, I know that my mom has a Kohl's card, and then there's also, like, you know, the Costco membership. I think there's, like, a Costco credit card or something that's connected to it. I know for sure that Target has their own credit card. It's the red card. And they're always saying, like, you can get this much off if you get a red card. And I'm always like, I'm not sure. So I'm not so sure about this because I don't really know what this entails. And honestly, it would still take me a lot more research in order to figure out exactly what those different retail cards entail. So yeah, there we go. Those are applicable questions for the week. So my source for this week, a big, big source, was creditcardinsider.com. They have a ton of resources that are pretty impartial. Like, I compared them to my other sources, and they're all saying very similar things. They didn't have a bent towards a particular credit card company. They tried to remain neutral and just general and encouraged research on your part and which card you should pick. And so Credit Card Insider has tons of information. On to the basics. Okay, so first off, um, I'm just going to go through some things. So, like, why is credit so important? Well, the simple answer is... You can use a credit card to buy everyday things, and doing that can later help you get a loan to get more expensive things, like a loan for a car, or for a home, or for education, which I'm trying to figure out right now because I got accepted to graduate school, and then what, like, what is good credit versus bad credit? Because everyone talks about, they're like, oh, I have really good credit, or like, Joe Schmo over there, his credit is really, really bad, it just sucks. And I've always wondered, like, what does this exactly mean? So, the thing is, for every lender is going to have a different definition of good and bad credit, but generally speaking, you can use the following scale. So, if your credit score is above 760, that is considered an excellent credit score. And if it is from 700 to 759, that's considered a good credit score. Nothing to shake your head at. And then if your credit score is between 660 and 699, that's considered a fair or average credit score. And again, that's not bad. You know, that's average. But if your credit score is below 660, that's considered poor or bad credit. And then no credit history means you have a limited or no credit ranking because you have nothing to be looked at. All right. So before I get into more detail about credit scores, um, I'm going to go through some vocabulary terms that are associated with credit cards. And again, this is from creditcardinsider.com. All right, so first off, your credit limit. This is the amount of money you can spend with your card at one time. In other words, in terms of the short-term loan idea that I mentioned earlier, it's the size of that short-term loan. Uh, this is determined by your credit card issuer, and the better your credit score and the higher your income, the higher this limit may be. So it depends on the credit card company, your income, your credit score standing, etc. Um, the Your credit card balance is the amount of money you've spent with your card in a month, let's say, but you haven't paid back yet. This is also called credit card debt. For example, let's say you've bought $150 worth of groceries with your credit card because you haven't been to the grocery store in like a month and a half and, and you haven't paid it off yet. That would make your credit card balance or debt $150. Then there's your available credit. This is related to your credit limit. This is how much money you can spend before you hit the credit limit. So, for example, from the How Does a Credit Card Work entry on the Credit Card Insider website, 
They have this example. You have a credit limit of $1,000 on your card, and you have a current balance of $300, the money you haven't paid off yet, so your available credit is $700. But if you make a $200 payment towards that $300 debt, your available credit will go up to $900. Apparently this is called a revolving line of credit, so basically you have your debt, and you can continually pay it off and increase how much money you can spend, or that's available to you. I hope it did not make that confusing. Um, I think generally this is like over a month. Okay, then there's the billing cycle. This is the set period during which you make purchases. After this period is over, you'll receive a bill and then generally have a month to pay it. I think most billing cycles are a month? Question mark? I mean, I think it might depend on the card and the credit card company, but in any case, once you get your bill statement, you have like a month to pay it. Okay, statement due date. Your statement is basically your credit card bill that I mentioned earlier. This date is the date by which you must pay at least the minimum payment to keep your account in good standing. AKA, this is your deadline to get things done and to actually pay off your debt. Otherwise, your credit score starts to get affected. Okay, so then I mentioned your minimum payment earlier, right? So your minimum payment is the amount of your credit card bill that you're required to pay each month. Uh, it will probably be a small percentage of your total balance, uh, but if you don't pay this minimum amount by the due date, your credit card issuer may charge a late fee, and if the payment is late enough, the company may report a late payment to the credit bureau, which may stay on your credit report for seven years. It is recommended that you pay your balance in full before the due date to avoid interest charges as well. So like... That's just like the minimum, minimum amount that they want you to pay. But the thing is, credit card companies want you to do that minimum payment, so then they can charge you interest on what's left over. You don't want to pay interest on that, because it's compounding interest. Which, if I remember correctly, basically just makes it build and build and build until you owe more money than you originally borrowed from the credit card company in the first place. So, bottom line, pay your bill in full and on time. Okay, then there's the APR, the annual percentage rate. You will see this plastered over every single ad for a credit card. So if you don't pay your statement balance in full each month, this is the interest rate you'll pay on that remaining debt after the statement's due date. If you pay your balance in full each month by the due date, you can avoid interest on purchases entirely. This varies depending on the credit card company and your credit standing though, but still, it's a good idea. Like, if you can start paying it in full every month, do it. So back to the $150 of groceries. Let's say you only pay $75 back by the end of the month. That means you would accrue interest calculated using APR on that remaining $75. So yeah, that's some vocabulary uh, before we get into things more about credit scores. Um, I'm using Debt.com, NerdWallet, and Credit Card Insider to answer a lot of these questions for the rest of the episode. So what is a credit score? I mean, how do they work? Like, to me, before I did the research, it was just this random three-digit number that someone assigned to you based on your credit history, like, what you did with your credit card, and it somehow determined whether or not you could buy a house. At least that's what the Credit Karma ads make it seem to be. This is not an endorsement for Credit Karma. I've never used them. I don't know how good they are. Use at your own risk. But basically, a credit score is your reliability in paying back the money you borrow in using a credit card. It determines whether or not you get a loan and the rates you pay on that loan. Or in other words, it's a numeric representation of your credit worthiness or how risky you are as a borrower as a borrower of money. When people are talking about credit scores, they're often talking about FICO credit scores. FICO was established by the Fair Isaac Corporation, and it used to be pretty much the only type of 
of credit score out there, or at least the only most widely used one, and it's still the main type today of credit score that most lenders use, according to my sources. Um, but three other credit reporting agencies also track your credit, Experian, TransUnion, and Equifax, and they created the credit scoring system Vintage Score 3.0. It calculates uh, your credit score slightly differently than FICO does, but these three companies don't work together, and even between these three companies, your credit scores could vary, because they're competitors, like, they don't want to share the same information, you know? And so, that's the thing, like, you could be looking at your credit score on, oh, I don't know, uh, Experian, and seeing Experian's Vantage Score 3.0 for you, but then your bank is looking at your FICO score uh, for a potential loan or something, and they could be different. I don't know how vastly different they could be, but there could still be a difference. So, in any event, each of these credit tracking bureaus tracks when you apply for credit, when you're approved, and your payment history. They each have their own algorithm that they use to calculate your credit worthiness for other lenders. So this means that you don't have one score, but you actually have many, like I said before. Uh, they're calculated on, based on your past experiences with loans and credit cards or other financial products. So if you've never had experience with a loan or a credit card, you might not have one. <laughs> Yeah, anyway, both FICO and Vantage Score 3.0 use a score range of about 300 to 850. Uh, they only take into account info on your credit report. Alright, so since the two uh, scores, FICO and Vantage Score 3.0, are a little bit different, uh, they calculate a little bit differently, but thanks to my sources, I've created a handy-dandy little table that uh, shows like what they look at and what percentage of those things are considered. So with your FICO score... 35% of it is made up of your payment history, 30% is made up of amounts owed, 15% is made up of length of credit history, 10% is made up of new credit, and the last 10% is made up of the different types of credit that you are involved with. So basically those are all the different things that go into your FICO score. And yeah, so how to do well in those different elements so you have a better score really quick are with your payment history, always pay your bills on time. This is kind of like me harping on the car owner's manual and Cars the Saga part one with credit cards. It's pay your bills on time. And then, okay, so with the amounts owed, how do well with that? Don't max out your credit card. So many Disney shows, when their main characters got credit cards, the first thing they do is max them out. That ruins their credit score. Come on! And then the length of credit history is also important, as I said. And so this one, in order to do well in it, avoid opening new accounts you don't need. And don't close old credit card accounts because they still carry data. Um, with new credit, don't apply for too many cards, which you don't think you have good odds of being approved for. So, like, if you have bad credit, don't spread your net wide, because that can make you look not reliable. Then with types of credit, you should use at least one credit card, but also look at cards, car loans, and mortgages as well. Okay, so with your Vantage Score 3.0 scoring criteria, 40% uh, of it is made up of your payment history, 20% is made up of credit utilization, and this is the ratio between your total credit card balance and your total credit card limit. Yeah. 11% of it is made up of your balances of your credit cards. 21% is made up of depth of credit, which is the length of credit history and types of credit. They've just combined some of the ones from FICO. 5% uh, is made up of recent credit, which is very similar to new credit, I believe. And 3% is made up of available credit. 
which as we said, is the amount of credit you have not yet used towards your credit limit. So yeah, that's what goes into your credit score. Kind of makes sense now. So the higher your credit score, the lower risk you are to lenders, which means you'll get better terms than you would otherwise on a loan. A good credit score is generally considered to be 690 or above, as I mentioned earlier. Uh, threats to good credit? Late payments, too much credit card debt, co-signing on a loan. So when you do that, you're equally liable for that debt, just as if it was your own. So if the primary borrower messes up, you're gonna suffer. Third-party collections, uh, these are bad. Like if a credit card somebody sends someone after you to get their money back, that can be seen for seven years on your credit report. Repossessions, obviously bad. Foreclosures and short sales, also very bad. Um, judgments, so like if you're sued by a collector, this can be seen on your credit report for also seven years. Uh, tax liens, basically that's when you don't pay the government and you want to avoid that as well. Uh, negative narratives. So this is interesting. So it's like the textual statements that appear in your credit reports that are associated with credit entries. So if they have like a negative bent to it, that could affect your credit score, which I thought was kind of interesting because that's like a human bit instead of just numbers. Another interesting thing is that credit inquiries made by credit card companies do have a slight negative effect on your, on your credit score, but it's usually small and will stay on your credit report for two years, but only affect it for one. It's like everyone says like, don't, don't, don't investigate your credit score because it will lower it. Yeah, like a tiny bit, but it's not that big of a deal it seems like. There are so many credit card companies, like I mentioned earlier, and banks that issue credit cards too, and retailers, that I can't tell you too many specifics about credit cards. Like, I can't tell you specifics about APRs, credit limits, costs, and fees, because they vary so much on the credit card company, the card type, and your history. Um... But there are some things you can look for if you're just starting out like I am. So when you're applying to credit cards, you should compare at least three different cards and find out the following information. According to consumer.gov, what is the annual fee? You pay this to use the credit card for a year. You obviously want to look for a low annual fee. What is the APR? Again, this is how much interest you pay every year. A lower APR means you pay less interest. That costs you less money. Duh. You also want to look for, are there other fees? And what are they? How much will it cost if a payment was late? Because uh, some places cause, cost you like $50 late payment or something. What will it cost if you go over your credit limit? Because, I mean, there's a cost when you um, overdraw your checking account. There's got to be a cost if you go over your credit limit, right? Uh, you want to look for lower fees, especially for late payments and if you exceed your credit limit. Because if, if we're all starting out, you want to be in the best situation you can, the most forgiving situation you can, because we all make mistakes. It's part of being human. But, like, the point of this podcast a little bit is so we can be a little bit more informed and hopefully avoid some of the mega, mega mistakes that can really hurt you. Okay, uh, another question to ask is, what is the grace period? Uh, this is the time between when you spend money and when the card starts to charge you interest. A uh, longer grace period is better. <laughs> Duh. Consumer.gov recommends finding one that is at least 25 days long. And then, how do you improve your credit? So, again, suggestions from Consumer.gov. Use your card a few times a month and buy things that you can pay for that month. Like, you normally pay for it with your debit card, but you want to improve your credit, so you use your credit card. And then you just immediately pay it off. And pay the whole credit card bill every month. Try not to leave a balance in your card and try to pay your bill by the date it is due. Because paying even a day late can and will cost you money. You can pay your credit accounts on auto payment to prevent missing a minimum payment or paying off your debt. 
which I've heard a bunch of my college-age friends do. Another thing with improving your credit is it takes time. Like, you can't just do this overnight. Okay, so quick, quick review. So we've talked about the difference between debit cards and credit cards. Debit cards are directly connected to your checking account and access your money. Credit cards use another person's money, the credit card issuer's money, the money the credit card issuers allow you to use. Sorry, I just had to be a little bit like crunk today. Anyway, and then you pay it back by a certain time, and that's how it works. Um, a big thing with credit cards, always pay your bills on time. Uh, credit scores are not all that difficult to understand. Um, FICO scores look at your payment history, amounts owed, length of credit history, new credit, types of credit, and Vintage Score 3.0 scores look at your payment history as well, credit utilization, your balances, your depth of credit, your recent credit, and your available credit. So it's not too confusing once you understand the vocabulary surrounding credit cards. Yeah. And credit score ranges, um, if you have no credit history, your ranking will be limited or no credit. Um, if you have below 660 as a credit score, that's considered poor or bad most of the time. If it's 660 to 699, that's fair average, so you're doing okay. Uh, 700 to 759 is considered good. You're doing good. I, I can actually say that's great. Um, and if your credit score is above 760, you are doing excellent. You're the best. Good job. Also, we talked about the different types of credit cards. There's rewards credit cards, secured credit cards, charge cards, and retail cards. And each of them are slightly different, but the bottom line is you're using someone else's money to buy stuff and then paying it back later. Okay, other resources. So one good resource that I found was usbank.com. Um, their How Credit Cards Work section. I'll be putting a link to that in the show notes. Um, as well, I also highly recommend consumer.gov. It's very simple, very easy to understand. I'll put a link to there as well. Um, Credit Card Insider, amazing. Nerd Wallet is really good, easy to understand. And of course, Student Loan Hero, our old friends, have really easy to understand resources as well. And a lot of time their information overlaps and confirms what the others say. But since I really like YouTube, I found some more YouTube videos for you guys. The first one was actually posted by a BYU Personal Finance channel. Um, it's part of the finance program, which is part of the Marriott School of Business here. And it has, and the Marriott School has been consistently ranked among the best in the US. So they're pretty darn reliable. And the video I found is Lesson 8, Credit Reports, Credit Scores, and Credit Cards from 2017. And another video I found was uh, from The Financial Diet. Uh, it's called Six Credit Card Myths. They're really good, really informative, uh, super quick videos too. I think this video is only about six minutes long. It's by two girls who seem to be in the new adult range for age. Um, and they consulted uh, accountants about it. And they also have a bunch of other personal financed uh, videos. So check them out. There's also a uh, purse... There's also the Geeky Goose uh, and their video, Personal Finance 5 to 4 Credit Card Basics. I think this is part of a series on personal finance. Uh, seems pretty good. Has a good fair bit of humor. Um, goes over the basics a lot like I do. 
but has a lot more stuff on personal finance. So if you can't wait to learn more, check out those two things. And again, I'll have links to these in the show notes shortly around the time that this is posted. Yeah, so today we've talked about credit cards. Holy crap, they're not as scary as I once thought they were. Like, I was talking to my mom about it after I did all my research, and I was like, so they're not that bad. Like, once you understand the basics, basically you just need to remember to pay it off in full every month and you'll be fine. Thank you so much for listening this week to my credit card episode. I will probably come up with a funny and witty name for this. Yeah, thank you so much for listening. If you have future episode ideas or stories about adulting, or if you just want to say hi, send me an email over at idkadulting at gmail.com. That was idkadulting at gmail.com. And again, we're also over on Twitter, so check us out over there. I post uh, show updates there at idk underscore adulting. And we're available on all major platforms for your podcast listening pleasure. So check them out over there. Check us out wherever you like to listen. Recommend us to your friends, family, uh, weird second cousin. Yeah. And if you listen to us on Apple Podcasts, please, please, I cannot stress this enough. I'm sure you guys have heard this from who knows how many other podcasters, but please leave us a rating and review on Apple. It helps us get discovered. This has been IDK Adulting with me, Abby Beezer, because none of us really know what we're doing, and anything helps. (laughs) 